You talking to me? Strangely quiet at the multiplex, especially for a holiday weekend. But we've got a couple to run through and a very good new release on VOD and Netflix. Welcome. She is Hope Madden. He is George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. Yeah, I guess I was expecting more uh, new, maybe blockbuster action for a holiday weekend, but not so much. No, but the first, you know, we have one that's uh, got Michael Fassbender, Alicia Vikander. It's based on a very popular novel, The Light Between Oceans. One day, there came a sudden cry. For many years, we journeyed on. My sister had a terrible tragedy. Her husband and their baby daughter were lost at sea. You would have been your girl's age by now. She doesn't belong to us. We can't keep her. It's her mother. This was a bestseller from a few years ago, and um, it has come to the screen. You're right, star-studded, rock-solid cast, and the director, not too shabby either. It's Derek Cianfrance. Is that how you pronounce that? I think so. Uh, He directed Blue Valentine. You might remember very good. Also directed The Place Beyond the Pines. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he brings this one to the screen with all the majesty and the windswept landscapes, uh, all the... The talent involved is really good. So, you know, can a good director and good acting and good cinematography and a stellar score elevate some mediocre material? The answer is yes, in this case, (laughs) uh, because the story at the heart. Now, I can't speak for the book. I did talk to someone who read the book and saw the movie and said that, boy, they they, they took out a lot. It wasn't just this weepy melodrama Mm. that this uh, movie makes it out to be. But you've got a Tom, played by Michael Fassbender. He's a World War I vet, pretty haunted by combat, and he takes a job. Uh, at first, it's a temporary job, uh, minding a lighthouse off the coast of Australia in 1918. And it reminded me of The Shining in the beginning because they're telling him how isolated it's going to be. <laughs> and he said, oh, that's perfect for me. So he takes the job uh, at first on a temporary basis, and then it becomes more permanent. And when he's in uh, the mainland meeting with his employers, he takes a picnic with the young Isabel, played by Alicia Vikander. And that picnic leads to some letters of romantic longing once he goes back to the lighthouse. And eventually it leads to marriage. So she moves in and they want to start a family, but they can't start a family, which leads to some heartbreak. And then, wouldn't you know it, they spy a rowboat, washes in on the shore, that has a crying baby inside. And, of course, who would be the wiser? <laughs> they want a baby. This baby needs a family. And so it begins. And trouble, waves of guilt start crashing in, especially around Tom when they take the baby into the mainland for its christening. And Tom finds out about a rich young woman in town who is still grieving for the loss of her husband and child who were lost at sea. Uh-oh. So you can put the pieces together then, and it really becomes a, a weird cross between Nicholas Sparks and Charles Dickens. That is an odd group. If you can imagine that unholy union. Um, very contrived and weepy and emotionally manipulative, and it turns to the search, the racked with guilt and the search for absolution 
that may never come and martyrdom and all this all this stuff that leads to a very weak narrative that's bolstered by all this talent. Right. Uh, you know, the directing is good. It's well-paced. Even though the movie is a little bit long, it's he knows when to just let a couple of quick cuts tell a lot instead mm-hmm. of letting everything drag mm-hmm. out. And he knows when to bring the music up for effect and when to just let silence bring a mood of isolation. So that's not a problem. And the cast is great. Fassbender, Rachel Wise. I didn't say Rachel Wise plays Hannah, the rich uh, widow, the widow uh, who's still looking for her baby. And Alicia Vikander steals it. I'll tell you what, I, as we have talked before, she just wowed me in Ex Machina. Oh, absolutely. Since then, I know she won an Oscar for The Danish Girl, and I thought she was fine, but I didn't think it was all that. I thought she was this, very good. I, I think this is the best she's been, maybe ever, at least since Ex Machina. She makes the journey of this character from young, naive, I don't want to say schoolgirl, but young woman, to the mother who has to make impossible choices. Mm-hmm. This life arc, I should say, she, she makes it much more believable than it really ought to be. So it's all bolstered up by incredible talent. But in the end, it's still just a melodramatic weeper. And it just doesn't resonate like I think they hoped it would. Maybe the book does. I don't know. But I think for me, especially with the talent involved, although they do their best, it really was a letdown. That's too bad. Delight Between Oceans. And that is really the main title, I think, headlining most theaters this weekend but there are some other smaller titles and one that we were interested in mainly because of the young actress who stars in it is called morgan we knew right away that morgan was very special within a month walking and talking within six self-sustaining she exceeds our wildest expectations She's like a child. Morgan is a child. She had a tantrum. She is an it, and it has no rights. Oh, you're wrong about that. You'll see. Yeah, so it's a an AI film. Anna Taylor-Joy from The Witch. Uh, so great in The she Witch. She was so great. Uh, and she plays the young artificial intelligent, and um, something's gone wrong. And her keepers are trying to tell corporate, the risk management associate who comes from corporate, that it's it's all under control. Everything will be fine. There's an injury. But even the injured party was like, oh, it's not Morgan. It's not Morgan's fault. It's my fault. And, um, you know, and then the film, it's clear in the film that Morgan is probably maybe pulled the wool over the eyes of her caregivers. Uh, and Kate Mara is the uh, corporate exec who's there to make the evaluation. The cast is crazy great. So beyond uh, the two that I just mentioned, you have Paul Giamatti, Michelle Yeoh, Toby Jones, just a lot of really good people. Jennifer Jason Lee is actually the uh, the injured party. It's a great cast. Um, it's not that interesting a premise. And it's funny that you bring up Ex Machina because it feels very much like uh, it's got an Ex Machina feel about it in yeah. a very big way. Yeah. Very big way. It's also got some Blade Runner going on for sure. And and it's funny because in the way that they use the reflection in the glass pane between Morgan and everybody else, it's got a little bit of Hannibal Lecter going on as well. It's got some well, Sons of the Lambs. And Ex Machina did that as well. It did. But uh, you, you can see it in the way the... The interviewer is reflected. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really pretty clear the way that they pull from Jonathan Demme in this movie. 
But what it comes down to, well, first of all, you know, you mentioned all those movies that it reminds you of. It's very derivative Um, and it's uh, it's it's predictable. I think even the twists that they think they've hidden from you are not pretty well at all. Pretty well telegraphed. Yes, for the most part. So it's kind of a it's kind of a fun throwaway, kind of a slight horror film. Uh, Nothing to write home about, certainly. And kind of it sounds like the same with with Light Between Oceans. Kind of a waste of a lot of talent. But it, it's another, another sign that this Anna Taylor Joy uh, might be some might be a keeper. Oh yes, absolutely, yeah. Because the witch, I believe, was her first movie, was it not? I am not sure. Well, at least the first thing that we saw. Absolutely, her in. yeah, and, it was, uh, and, and she, she, yeah, she stole it. Fantastic. You know so. that entire cast is is genuinely outstanding. Oh yeah. But she owned that movie, yeah. which is important because she's in almost every scene. Yeah. And and they they do a lot with this as they did with that. A lot of close up. She's got these huge wide set eyes and that makes her look innocent, but it's the same thing as the do the witch. You sort of in the back of your head you're like, "Oh, but is she?" you know? And <laughs> so there there's a bit of that here as well. It's a lot more um obvious that they're doing that. Uh and and I think that she does a good job. And I think also you get the feeling that I think one of their twists is that, I mean, all of the main characters and all of the characters with any kind of power and all of the badasses in the film, they're all women. So I think, you know, it's possible that it seems that it would feel fresher because of that. But it just it feels a little bit by the numbers to me. And that is Morgan. And that seems to be the theme this week. It's a strong cast but not so great storytelling. And that is exactly the same with uh, another one that's getting limited release this weekend, and it's called The Sea of Trees. Do you believe in God? I'm a scientist. God is more our creation than we are His. If God is not waiting for you on the other side, who is? All the anger and the pretending and the fighting, it all, it all got put on hold. It is during our darkest times that our loved ones are closest. I don't want to die, Arthur. In some cold, empty room surrounded by people are only there because it's their job to be. Things are not what they seem here. Do you love her? Wasn't anything on Earth. Yeah, this is interesting, right? Gus Van Zandt, who has made some great films and has made some bad films, and uh, but he's always worth checking out. And uh, a few years ago, he made a film called Jerry, which a lot of people hated. I liked very much. Two guys named Jerry, uh, Casey Affleck and Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon, mm-hmm. yeah. They wander into the desert, you know, thinking they're going to be fine. And it turns into a quest for survival. And they sort of learn a lot of life lessons. And for a lot of people, it was kind of boring, really. And But I just thought it was sort of fascinating. And so the, the Sea of Trees has a similar type of a storyline. Matthew McConaughey goes to what is known as the suicide forest in Japan and uh, befriends a wounded fellow traveler played by Ken Watanabe. And the two of them, through their journey, lost in the forest, kind of learn life lessons. But unfortunately, this one is so, so sentimental and so heavy handed with its message and really Again, a really unfortunate waste of not just those two actors, but also Naomi Watts, who we only see in flashback, which is a really weak crutch uh, to help us find out why it is that McConaughey's character has gone to the suicide forest. You know, and and it's also, I think, a lot of missed opportunities at at Gus, Gus Van Zandt as the director. They don't do a lot with the forest itself to make it seem either treacherous or isolating or even, you know, redemptive. Uh, And the score 
is very heavy handed, really lets you know how you're supposed to be feeling every time. And actually also like Morgan, I think that they think there are some twists that they've hidden from you and they kind of telegraph them as well. Got it. And that is the sea of trees. So for sure, the big recommendation this week is not even at the theater. It is on VOD or DVD, and that is the remake of The Jungle Book, which we both absolutely love. Really, and, really love. And you know how The Jungle Book, the cartoon, holds its place in my heart. It does. When I was a kid, I loved it so much. And this is one that I approached with caution because I was afraid of what you know they might do to it. Any types of movies like that that people hold dear to themselves because of childhood are always like, oh, I hope they don't ruin it well. You know, and I think a lot of the Disney animated films that they have made live action versions of have suffered, you know, and they've been much less interesting. But man, this one is so well done. It's directed by Jon Favreau, who Mm -hmm. has been very hit and miss Uh, actor Jon Favreau. You might have known from a few roles, but uh, he he directed the first Iron Man and he's definitely had some hit and miss. But boy, he is on his game here. The the animation is just Fantastic. It's computer, computer animation. Computer it's, animation it's... of the animals. Now, the boy, Mowgli, mm-hmm. uh, is live, mm-hmm. and he's a good young actor, uh, and he mixes with all this computer animation of the animals, and they are fantastic. They really are. The, the jungle, the, the layers as you get deeper into the jungle and then come out of it, create, you, you feel it. Um, and the voice talent for the animals spectacular. is spectacular. I mean, you've got Bill Murray as Baloo. You've got Christopher Walken as King Louis, Scarlett Johansson as Ka the Snake. I mean, the list goes on and on. They're all so good. And it, what it does the best, I think, and this is a hard line to toe, it does a great job of giving homage and honoring snippets of the best things that you remember from the original. Case in point, the song Bare Necessities. Absolutely. But not too much. No. They still make it their own, but homage just enough. And I still think, and when we did our halfway through the year list, uh, best movies so far. It was on it. Yeah. I, th- I think it's still on mine. It was fantastic. I agree. And, and you know, when you say that about, I, I was really a little concerned with the way they might work the music in. And I think the Bare Necessities was just outstanding. Everything with Baloo, you know, was so wonderful. And and the new scenes were, were just as fun as the, the ones that you expected to see. Yeah. But also Scarlett Johansson's Ka. Oh, it was so, so good. Her voice was so mm-hmm. perfect for that snake. And she does a little bit of trust in me. Bit, just a little, a little bit. That's bit. the thing. They just yep. give it enough, but still create their own movie and cannot recommend it enough, especially for families. If you haven't seen it, by all means do. Although, I got to admit, this is one of those that does lose something on the big screen. Yeah. It, it really does. Yeah, it, um, it was a great movie. They, I mean, the visuals are so spectacular and the whole, you really lose yourself in the jungle, like you say. I mean, it's really meant to be seen. So if you got a giant screen, you know, <laughs> turn the lights down and watch it there. And invite us over. <laughs> and we're all happy. So yeah, The Jungle Book is the big recommendation this week. And all in all, pretty surprisingly disappointing and limited for a holiday weekend at the theaters. But uh, enjoy. And as always, please give us your feedback. Uh, we are on Twitter at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, and our website is MadWolf.com. Hit us up on Facebook as well, and that is Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. So until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner.